Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Podcast. I'm recording this again on a Saturday evening, fresh after the games taking place today. So we'll try and keep you up to date with Ebsfleet and Gateshead. They're playing as we speak. And uh, yeah, we'll let you know on that as we go along. Joining me fresh from uh, Aldershot's game against Bromley, which we'll hear about in a few minutes, is, well, I'll say a very happy Rob Borrell, so that might be a bit of a giveaway, but hello, Rob. Yeah, I've been through the uh, ringer of late, but... Uh I think the most important thing um, is just what a brilliant game of football I've seen today, regardless of the result. But yeah, we'll we'll come to that in a minute. We'll head back though to the midweek. So Tom went down to see Dagenham and Redbridge against Braintree and caught up with the Dagenham manager, Peter Taylor. Here with Peter Taylor after his team has just secured a vital three points at home to Braintree. First win on the board. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels much better than the other uh, way I felt after certain games. Um, I'm really pleased for the players because they should have had a, a winning feeling before tonight. Uh, but they've, now they have got it and I think they're very pleased with themselves. Uh, and I thought their second half performance was very good. I thought I thought Braintree were better than us first half, but I thought we were better second half. So Alexander McQueen cleared twice off the line in the first four minutes. Did you have to change things at all midway through the first half because he seemed to improve a lot around the 20-minute mark? No, I think it was just players then starting to do their jobs, you know, uh, Yes, that Braintree started better than us. They had a couple of good set pieces that should have been stopped by us, but it caused us problems. Thankfully, as, as you said, there we kicked them off the line. Uh, but it was, I think, a sloppy start from us. Good play from Braintree, sloppy from us, and that's why we looked second best. So, uh, but I think uh, at half time, I think the players uh, knew that it wasn't a performance we were happy with, and I think they started the second half really well, and I think they went on from there. So they deserved the second half win. And when you are down at the wrong end of the league, defence is a crucial part of the team, isn't it? and that's two clean sheets on the bounce for you now. Uh, yeah. Is that something you're working on, the defensive solidity? Yeah, well, to be fair, we've worked on it all the time. It's just now, all of a sudden, we've got a, a few rewards now. We've now had two clean sheets, I think, just because players are making better decisions. And uh, so I always said they're a young team. It's going to take a bit of time. And then they start making better decisions in the certain areas. Uh, and Cheeky Candy came on and scored the winner with the penalty. Is he pushing for a start in the next match? Yeah, he might be. Yeah. I think it was a very well-taken penalty. He's very confident about that, so I was pleased with that. Uh, and as I say, I was very pleased with the second half performance from all the boys I think they showed then what they're capable of doing. So that was Dagenham manager Peter Taylor after the the, uh, victory for Dagenham over Braintree and they needed, the big thing for Dagenham is they needed to go and follow it up and follow it up they did, they went and got a 1-0 victory away at Barrow, always a tough place to go but two 1-0 wins in the space of the week and uh, Dagenham are up and running Rob. Yeah that's fantastic, that will feel like a huge six point to them, I think Elliot remain with the winner, I mean not just the win, a home win and an away win but you know two clean sheets as well what we did notice didn't we over those opening few weeks, although they they were losing Dagenham, it was always by the one goal wasn't it, so credit I forget who it was that we had on that said that Peter Taylor was the best manager he'd ever worked under well bless him he's proven it in difficult circumstances it was Adam Vergo who said that Peter Taylor was one of the best managers he'd ever worked under I think when he was at Brighton wasn't it that's it Luke you've got it you've nailed it And so looking ahead obviously it's a great one for Dagenham they'll be looking to push on for Braintree it was a crushing defeat for them at Dagenham and Tom caught up with Colby Lions Foster during the week to get his thoughts on the Dagenham game and the game ahead against Wrexham I'm speaking with Cody Lions Foster who's been playing right back for Braintree Town this summer after arriving um, at the beginning of the season. First things first, Cody, thanks very much for joining me. Not nice. Certainly at the beginning of the game, you were the better team against Dagenham. Where did you feel the game slipped away from you? I think we started with quite, getting quite a good tempo and moved the ball around well. I think a lot of the time we kind of dictated and built the game for them. I think 
in terms of what we've brought, I think it's second half, I think we, we, we let them get the upper hands. Obviously, you don't really want to do that going into into the start of a half. You want to kind of bring the game to a club like we did in the first half. But in the second half, I think from, from the very beginning, we were under pressure. And it was one of them, I think it was only a matter of time before actually crumbled it and, and kind of start to have shots and attempts on our goal, really. I think um, Elliot Romain seemed to have a big influence on the second half when he got on the ball he was looking dangerous um, is he one of the one of the better wingers that you'll expect to come up against this season? Yeah I think there's a few good I think there's a lot of clubs in this league who've got good individual attacking players he was on he was obviously a threat from kind of I was aware of him from before the game I've done my homework and I was aware of Tommy because I played with Tommy like well Tommy Adelaide you know that they did have good kind of attacking threat but it was just the second half of the game got a bit more expansive and that I think that played into their hands with, with the kind of the players that they had they were able to just exploit us really and, and defensively you seem to be dealing quite well with them um, probably up until about the 65-70 minute mark Braintree have got a lot of new faces in there obviously the captain Mark Coy left in the summer is it a lot of work on the training ground at the moment trying to get to know each other trying to get to know how each other play yeah I think obviously when you come into a new group obviously I'm one of the newer players and obviously since I've come down there's been newer players than me so you've got other players like Justin and Mo Sagaf who have just come in literally in the last few days. We are still kind of chatting and still kind of learning what we're trying to understand how players like to play, etc. So it's, it's one of them. I think it's, it's been difficult because there are a lot of new players to the group. So you know, they're trying to gel and everyone, everyone's still trying to understand how each other plays. And so it's quite difficult at the moment. You guys will be looking to turn things around against Wrexham on Saturday. How will you guys be preparing for the Wrexham game? Well, initially we're supposed to be going in tomorrow to watch Wrexham have got some, some really good attacking talents up there. They've got Mike Fundop, they've got Jordan Maguire Drew. Is the is the boss down at Braintree, is he keen on preparing you for the individual players you'll face? I think he will be, yeah. I think obviously we'll go to the man and we'll see what kind of strategies the gaffer's thinking and, and see what kind of plans he's got in his head ahead of the game on Saturday. Obviously I've seen a bit of Wrexham, I watched them the other day, they beat, I think it was all the shot 2 now and they looked like quite a strong side to be fair. They're right up there and we, we'll be down there so Obviously, key to Brad's approach to playing football is his central midfield partnership. How much of a positive is it having Billy Crook back in the side? Yes, yeah, no, Billy's a top player. I noticed him straight away from, I think, it was my first game for Braintree. And I played as him against, I think it was, it's a Chelsea, it was. And I noticed him, obviously, from, from there, he stood out to me. Obviously, he was on a ban. And I, and I think he got a red card last season, so I put him out for the first few games. But obviously, having it back is, is a massive plus for the team. The last, the last question, really. I just want to talk about that run at Whitehawk last season. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the stats, but if the season had started at Christmas, Whitehawk would have finished third in the league. What was it like being part of that run down there and that, that spell of good form? Yeah, no, it was really good. It, it was something, obviously, I was there on loan initially around October, November time, so I kind of was there when it wasn't so great and then to come back and kind of pick up form, it was a good feeling. It was, it was good and I think that's something we can almost, I feel like I can try and replicate here with Braintree. Obviously, we've had a bit of a rocky start to the season, but I think once we get going, we can kind of bring that similar momentum that I had at White Oak almost down to Braintree, if you like.
thanks very much for that Cody really appreciate you taking the time to join me today yeah cheers thanks so that was Kobe Lyons fast so they, they fell 1-0 to Wrexham who stay in second place uh, but a good win for Wrexham down there in Essex and we'll tell you why the second shortly Rob but tough place for Wrexham to go and get the points that yeah it's never easy to go there funnily enough I've mentioned a couple of times now we do a prediction league and I, I, I nailed that one on Wrexham to go there keep a clean sheet and, 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 and maybe nick a goal and fair play to him the guy who's played his key part in keeping that clean sheet Sean Pearson has done what he did a few times last year didn't he when they got the old one nils quite often he popped up with a winner so uh well done Sean Pearson and well done Wrexham keeping the keeping the heat on the surprise leaders in the National League Harrogate Town and uh, they've done it again another something home win this evening and you know fair play to them Luke um, they just you know just go from strength to strength don't they yeah well they were playing Haven and you caught up with the Haven and Waterlooville forward Alfie Pave after their victory over Aldershot in midweek. Well, we always call him friend of the show. I've collared him here on his way into the bar to celebrate three points. Alfie Pavey, how are you enjoying life in the National League with uh, Haven and Waterlooville? Yeah, you know, it's well deserved for the team to be here. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's a step up, a big step up. Um, but look, I'm looking forward to the test. And it has been a test so far, but I'm adapting. More minutes I'm playing, I'm getting fitter. I'm working on things that now I know what I need to work on so yeah just time will tell and see what happens and uh, goals are being shared around yourself and Nicky didn't get on the score sheet tonight but uh, a couple of other boys did and uh, that's important isn't it you had a I seem to remember one de- decent headed chance I think you were kicking yourself for that one you, you, you feel you should have scored that one I think in this league it don't really matter who scores obviously as a striker you want to score all the time but it's all about picking up them three points and, and trying to win and yeah l- last year that, that's what I was used to you know balls getting stand up back stick and I've been screaming for, for that to happen so far and it's and Rory's done that today which I said to him like, just stand it up stand it up and that's that's where my strengths are and for me I was a bit gutted that I should have put that away um, but look at the end of the day we've got a three points so here's what it is At uh, Dartford last season you, you you didn't always get in the starting line there was quite a lot of times you had to come off the bench to good effect but uh, I know you want to be sort of playing week in week out here What? how does it feel kind of different I guess different team different level are you, you finding you're getting less chances at this level in the game this level's all about you need to take your chances if you do get yes last year I'll I was in and out of the team, um, but I tested me mentally. Um, I feel like this year a little mentally stronger um, than I was last year. Where last year I'd probably have the ump and, and and show it, show that I've got the ump. Yeah, you can show it at times, but I'd normally take it out onto the pitch. But I think this year I'm, I'm mentally mentally stronger, and I totally understand why the reasons that if I'm dropped, I'll, I'll get dropped. You know, me and the gaffer had a chat um, many of times already this year. So once I get dropped, it's down to me, like tonight, to go out and prove myself. And I thought I'd done okay tonight. So it's the first home win of the season for Haven. Forgive me, I haven't seen the fixtures Saturday at home again, or is it uh, back on the road? Uh, back on the road, Harrogate away, nice one. Nice easy one out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll travel up Friday, uh, train up there, and then uh, yeah, hopefully another three point to kickstart our season. Harrogate have obviously started well. In many ways, Macclesfield won this league last year by being very, very efficient, by getting the basics right, by not conceding too many and just taking the odd chance when they come along. Dare I say, that's a good habit and, and a habit that, that haven't a Waterloo were in, were in tonight against Allshot. Yeah, you know, I think the last few games have been quite unfortunate. Our performances have been there from the start, but I feel like decisions haven't gone our, our way. But that's football and that does change, you know, like tonight we got most most things our way most decisions our way where the last few weeks we, we ain't been getting anything at all we had last week we had two cl- cleared off the line which were 
potentially everyone thinks they're over VAR required yeah. at National League yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would help um, but yeah just keep going and, and let's, let's see where, where we can get to great to catch up with you we'll see you later in the season cheers okay. Alfie and that was Alfie Pavies he said he travelled up to Harrogate with optimism but unfortunately that optimism was short lived uh, Harrogate again are doing the business and it's an amazing job 22 points from 10 games and uh, they just won't go away will they they won't uh, we've said they're very very efficient they're, they get the basics right at the back they don't give you too many chances they they don't make too many individual mistakes or they certainly haven't done so far which given that they're adjusting to a uh, a new league a higher level is really to their testimony and they've got some strikers in prolific form it was really noticeable to me that Aaron Williams got on the got off the mark in midweek but uh, not only was that good for him but that keeps the heat on the other two strikers Dom Knowles and Jack Muldoon and guess what they both scored on Saturday along with Callum Howe so uh, yeah I mean it doesn't get much better than that does it Harrogate you know I interviewed Simon Weaver after their win at Aldershot Town and I think since then they've gone on to win every game since and uh, they're absolutely flying Luke yeah definitely one of the surprise packages along with another surprise package Halifax and they entertain Lake Norrient unbeaten Lake Norrient so far and Lake Norrient kept up that unbeaten record thanks to a 1-1 draw at the Shea as we said and uh, they've both battled it out but it just proves that Harrogate may, uh, sorry, it may prove that Halifax had a real deal this season uh, not allowing Lake Norrient to go away with the three points that's right fair play to, to Morian they've hung in there and uh, you know James Alavi has scored in the 90th minute to get that and, and you know Halifax they put some really good wins back to back to start the season they got themselves up there and then they think if, if I've got this right they came up against Sutton away and got themselves a draw they then went to Wrexham and got a draw there and here they were in that really really difficult run of three games against three of the league's high flyers and they were heading you know for two draws and a win but sadly for them they'll have to be content with a draw but to you know to have gone unbeaten through that run of difficult fixtures um, is fantastic and uh, all credit to Jamie Fullerton and his boys. And for Lane Owen, it just shows this different sort of mentality to last year. They've scored late goals in a lot of their games this year to either rescue points or get a win. And compared to last year, Rob, when they were a bit of a soft touch, that must be what pleases Justin Edinburgh the most. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, that was their unbeaten record on the line there, wasn't it, today? It looked like it was going to go. Uh, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens when you're up there where things are going for you. You know, maybe have a day where you don't quite hit, hit your top, hit your straps and hit your top level of performance, but they found a way to get a 90th minute equaliser and keep their unbeaten going. Of course, you know, uh, that, that run going, sorry. Of course, they're going to lose at some point, but, you know, the longer you can go, the better, really, at this stage. Yeah, another team were flying. They've only lost one this season. The one again today was Hartlepool, and that's, that's not a win to be sniffed at away at Solihull Moors, is it, Rob? Oh, no, absolutely. I, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think they're the first team to go to Dunstan Park and actually come away with a win this season. Uh, what won't have helped Solihull Moors was having Kyle Storer, uh, the influential, uh, you know, normally sits in front of the back four there, and uh, he was sent off after just 19 minutes today, and eventually... The uh, 11 men against 10 told, and uh, it was uh, it was that man Liam Noble again. We thought he might be a key player at national league level this season, and he's certainly proving to be Luke. They're starting to show the teeth now. As are the two more big spending clubs, Salford and Fylde. Fylde got a nil-nil draw down at Eastleigh, and Salford they had a hard-fought win at home to Maidstone United. But both sides are starting to gently motor, and they're in the playoffs now, aren't they? They've got to be watched. Yeah, for sure. 
what I like about Fylde is, you know what, very often on the odd day that Danny Rowe, they don't score. They so often keep a clean sheet. And they've got it crack, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they, they've gone right down to the south coast today. It's a long, long way from the northwest of the south coast. And they've come back with a point, and they'll be happy enough with that. I don't know the story of the game. Obviously, we're doing this podcast an hour and a half or so after the game's finished. But uh, that's another decent point on the road for them. We'll have reaction uh, and word from filed in next weekend's podcast. I should be up at Mill Farm then. And as for the other team, Salford, well, I might be wrong, but isn't that um, isn't that five wins on the bounce now? Something like that. Maybe maybe five out of six with the draw thrown in there as well. And Shamir uh, Shamir Mullins, so uh, uh, with an own goal there, a centre forward with an own goal. It'd be interesting to see that one in the highlights. Not a load of goals around in the national league over the weekend. Uh, Chesterfield and Dover, two out of farms teams, and. Both will be happy in a way to have got kept a clean sheet and stopped the rot. But for Chesterfield again, it's probably a missed opportunity. And Martin Allen, after all the goodwill at the start of the season, suddenly their eyes are out for him a little bit. Yeah, that's a massive point for Dover right now. They've been losing games, conceding goals left, right, and centre. So a clean sheet there is huge for them. You know, and if you're Chesterfield or you're Martin Allen. You've been on that wretched run. There was three wins followed by six defeats. Um, with all due respect to uh, this season's Dover, that's probably the game they would have wanted uh, at home to Dover. And they've still managed, not only managed not to get the win, but not managed to score a goal. So uh, tough, tough times at Chesterfield. And let's be honest, Luke, none of us boys, we all had Chesterfield up and around it. Um, they made some good signings. Martin Allen walked in the draw like a breath of fresh air. And I'm beginning to wonder, you know, whether his just his sheer positivity in the close season was what helped inspire them to get off off and running with those first few wins. But I suppose it doesn't really matter, does it, if you're a footballer or a football team and you start losing two, three, four, five games on the trot, confidence is going to go, isn't it? It's going to drop out of the bottom of that team. It's something I've been thinking of, and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but Martin Allen's used to managing down south. I think this is his first job that he's got, sort of, up north, even though it's East Midlands, but obviously it's way away from the London and the South East. So, do you think that might hamper in terms of maybe the players he wanted to bring in? He, he's only brought in a couple that he really knows from Barnet, and he brought Charlie Carter with him from Woking. The rest are all kind of players who are either there or in and around the north, really. Players he's maybe not worked with and used to before. Could be. Could be a different mentality or, or character of players. I don't know. Obviously, a lot of the ones he brought in did come, you know, Will Evans as well came from. A, a southern based club so um, I don't know about that one I mean all I can tell you is what you already know Luke because you and I sat there together on the first midweek and we thought wow you know Chesterfield signed some good players here they are you know wiping aside one of last season's playoff teams 3-0 you know Charlie Carter running right through through the August shutdown down and we expected them to go on and kick on and they won the next game and then since then they can't buy a win it's a fascinating one I heard somebody say today, or oh, if they lose today, that's it, he'll be gone. I think that's a little bit over the top. I don't I don't subscribe to that at all. And any manager coming in at any new club, for my money, has got to be given an absolute minimum of three months. The guy knows what he's doing. His track record suggests that. He will really be having to earn his money right now. This is a time when managers, you know, really do earn their money when things are not going for them. And that might just 
lead us on to the next game we're going to talk about. In terms of Chesterfield, yeah, you, you can tell that the um, the farm's dipped since Charlie Carter's dropped out the side through injury. Uh, yeah, go on, Rob, then lead us on to the next game. Well, I think first and foremost, what an advert for the National League today. Aldershot Town against Bromley. It ended 3-2 to Aldershot. Let me tell you, it could have been 8-7 to either side. It was that good a game. I mean, defences were never on top. One team, it was like a basketball game, Luke. It was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, sadly, I didn't catch up with Neil Smith for the podcast. I just thought it would be better to highlight his team, you know, when they had a better week. But I did speak to him off air. And, and he totally agreed. What a brilliant, brilliant game of football for the National League. I guess they'll only show goals in the National League highlights, uh, you know, tomorrow. It was one of those roller coaster games. Shots absolutely looked like the old already shot down for 20, 25 minutes. They created six chances in the first 15, 16 minutes and eventually scored with the sixth of them. Scott Rendell with a header. He'd already had two headers, one of which had hit the post. And then literally when you think finally Aldershot have got the first goal in the game, this is what they needed. They literally, some of the most naive defending I've seen in years, and Bromley ripped through them six or seven times in the remainder of the first half. At one point, Bromley should have been three or four one up, Luke, but somehow it was one all creeping towards the break when uh, George Fowler, unfortunately on this occasion, was hit with a ball on the goal line and uh, it hit him on the hip and went into the goal. It was a rotten own goal. 2-1 to probably at half-time. And you sort of think the way things have been going for Aldershot, that just might have been the end of them today. But what character they showed. A brilliant second-half performance. And two of the best goals I've seen at the Ed Stadium for a long, long time. Uh, Dan Holman finally off and running. Pounced on a mistake by Mark Anthony Coy, who slipped over I don't know how many times this afternoon despite changing his boots at half time and uh, yeah Holman pickpocketed him and uh, could have passed to Barkley Agupong but he just let rip from 25 yards and curled it in the corner and then I thought that's how it was going to end Luke to all until uh, free kick all shot in the 90th minute and James Rowe curled it into the top corner afterwards um, I couldn't help but catch up with James Rowe to ask him how he felt about the performance the result and curling one in at the East Bank end to win the game Okay, I'm here for the NL full-time podcast at the Ebb Stadium where every single week we speak to the opposition and you know what Aldershot Town have been hammered this season um, about what's happened what's gone on wrong there you know why they're down the wrong end of the table and after a quite brilliant match against Bromley today um, thoroughly entertaining from start to finish I've been joined by the man who curled in the winner in the 90th minute James Rowe James what a game to take part in and uh, you know what a performance and a result for, for Aldershot Town particularly coming back from behind to win yeah um, it was massive for us today to get the three points you know we would have taken any any type of win today um, and to do it the way the way we've done it with the two goals was quite special for us um, you know we came in at half time 2-1 down and, and we all said to each other look the gaffer included and the assistant Rowe um, we've got to show some character now go back out there and show some character get back in this game because this could be a turning point in our in our, um, in our season and to say that's quite easy but to then go out and do it meant a lot to us boys You know, at the end of the game you can see with the celebrations and in the changing room afterwards which obviously you can't see um, you know everyone's so delighted for each other and it's a great result and hopefully it kickstarts our season I've been saying to the boys you can back me up here that in the last two or three games the performance have been starting to improve haven't they there's been little passages of play where 
Aldershot um, start to look a little bit more like the Aldershot we, we, we know and love. One of the more experienced players yourself now, uh, still young, but one of the more experienced players, just try and describe what it's like when you've got three, four, five lads who've come out of academies who are, some of them, you know, between them, they've, they've probably played 20, 25 games in men's football. Yeah, we've got a few young lads uh, with not much experience, but... Um you know, we've got some experienced players around them. You know, we're trying to help them players. They're good players, but like you said, they haven't played many um, league games. So it's a learning curve for them. Um, they've come into it at the deep end of the season because obviously the results that have been taking place. Um, but it's a good learning curve, curve for them. It will set them up good for their for their careers. You know, if they can show the character to play in these games and and show their ability and just show that. You know they can they can bring something to the game and make a career for themselves. And just coming to we talked there about character, uh, and we saw a roller coaster game. Let's just talk about James Rowe and your last few months. You know some of those outside of the club might not realise, but you know at the end of last season it was pretty much decided that that was the end of your time at Aldershot Town. But for one reason or another, you come back in the pre-season, you train with the squad, you played a couple of games, you scored a, a beauty at uh, Wilston, and and you earned yourself another contract, James. And uh, People keep trying to write you off. There's, you, you're, you're the Marmite player. You realise that, don't you? Some people say, oh, he's brilliant, James Rowe. He's too good for this league. Others saying, get rid of James Rowe. I mean, you had your moment this afternoon, but um, we've seen, dare I say, a different James Rowe in these last couple of games. Yeah, you know, I mean, not everyone's going to love you. You know, just try and do the best for the team and, and the best for the fans. You know, we've got good fans here. I mean, some might love me, some might not, not like me as much. You, you go out there and you play for the team, you play for the fans and the club and you know I'm out there giving it my best every time I'm out there so you know it's it's one of those really you're predominantly a creative player James but I know you you've, you've got a goal or two in you you scored early on in your shots uh, career I think it was on the, the season opener wasn't it from the penalty spot at Halifax last season um, the goal, goals didn't particularly follow and I know you finished the season playing with a nagging injury as well and these are some of the things that uh, the fans don't always realise do they exactly yeah I, play, I played quite a chunk at the end of the season last season with, with some bad knee injuries um, obviously due to not having too many players on the bench and you know, it was an important stage of the season. I said to the gaffer and Rowie that I wanted to play, and I was happy to play with with uh, niggles and injuries to try and get us over the line, which unfortunately we didn't do. So you know, I wanted to come back this season and give it a right go again, fresh, fit, and and ready to play. Final question is about because uh, this podcast will come out at some point on Sunday. Just looking ahead to next week, just remind me: Did you play in that game at Fylde last year? Or was you injured? No, <laughs> you, <didn't> play, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to say no, listeners, but he was up there. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just asked uh, Gary Waddock about this. Football as a professional, manager as a professional, it's not about. It's not as as simple as going up there to try and get revenge. Is it? It's about this group of players, about the journey they're on, and and about going and giving a good account of themselves at a, a place where yeah, they did get beaten heavily last season. Yeah, it's a different set of players. You know, the, I mean, the players that were there last season will be going back looking for revenge because it's not nice to get turned over like we did there. Um, but like I said, it's a different set of players, different group of lads. We're all facing a different challenge at the moment. And uh, we're going to be going up there after the, the win today and trying to back it up with another win. James, thanks for joining us. Uh, great to highlight a really positive afternoon for you and the shots, and uh, we'll catch up with you later in the season. Thank you. So that was James Rowe, the midfielder, of course, not the oldest shot assistant manager. Uh, George Legg has tweeted saying he was delighted to have made his shots debut as well today, and 
a good day all round, Rob. And it was interesting what James Rowe said as well. It almost felt like at half time, it's like, right, this is the season. If you don't win today, then you are in real trouble. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, the way all the shot season's going, you could apply it individually to James Rowe as well. He's, he's a, you know, as, as we mentioned in the interviews, some, some people think he's too good for this level. Others don't think he should be wearing the shirt, you know. Um, but he's that special type of player that some, sometimes things need to be just right for them to, to perform. But uh, he played like uh, a man possessed today and uh, was probably ashamed unlucky not to get them out of the match. Look, at the end of the day, it was three points for all the shot. They're still right down at the bottom end of things. But it was a massive, massive lift for everybody at the club who have been spoiled with the success of the last two seasons, you know, finishing pro- probably not really out of the top seven in the whole of the last two seasons, you know, Luke. Um, but as it's well documented, it's a different kind of feel. For Bromley, will now have better days. Neil, admit, you know, I spoke to Neil about the fact that they've lost 45 goals with Josh Reese, with Louis Dennis and with Luke Wanadio leaving the club. And fair play to him, he pointed out to me they lost um, Hanlon, the guy that came in on loan as well. They lost over 50 goals from last season. But you know what? They've scored 15, Luke, already this season. They're, I think, third or fourth top scorers in the National League. But unfortunately for them, they're, they're giving up too many opportunities at the other end, which is surprising when you look at the individuals they've got in their defence who are highly ranked. It'll be interesting to see how uh, that game goes on. So we're going to move on to the National League South now. Hi, everyone. I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League South, another interesting day down there. And I think the result of the day, Chippenham last week, they, they beat, they've beaten the Concord Rangers and they also beaten Bill Ricky in the last couple of weeks. Well, they went to Torquay and won by a goal to nil as well. And Chippenham, they're a bit of a dark horse this year, I think, aren't they, Rob? Yeah, I mean, of all the results in the National League South on Saturday, that's the one that really caught my eye. I was thinking nothing had really been going right for Torquay. You know, results-wise, they've not anywhere near achieved what most people, including their fans, of course, would expect. In terms of goals, they've they've barely scored. Um, Tom's highlighted that they needed to be a little bit braver away from home. But there they are, you know, with what should be a nailed-on home win for them against Chippenham. Although Chippenham, as you say, they can surprise teams on their day. And not only do they lose, Luke, but they don't manage to score in 90 minutes well at play more and uh, you, you have to wonder just how safe Gary Hour's position is at Torquay um, I know the club aren't you know they have their financial difficulties as well so you know sometimes clubs can't necessarily act the way they feel they they want to but um, I don't know what's your thoughts on that one yeah I mean from what I've been reading from the Torquay fans the owner doesn't even go to games so they don't think he'll be sacked just because there's nobody really there to say well uh, he's not really doing a good job I suppose if somebody close to the chairman or the owner does say look he's not doing a good job he, he'll, he'll pull the trigger and, or inform them to pull the trigger on their behalf but the 14th it's a bit of a York situation have they come down and underestimated it a little bit who knows but um, yeah very poor start from Torquay only one win in their last five games as well they have got a plus goal difference the only team in the bottom half to have that so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go on Woking they stay top they had a 1-1 draw with Concord who bounce back from their, uh, the last couple of defeats and Bill Ricky turmoil there we heard last week from Jake Robinson about how the manager situation doesn't really affect them well owner Glenn Tamplin on Monday made a statement that he was putting up the club for sale f- 
fortunately for them though it's not really affected and they won 2-0 away at Hemel Hempstead and it was an important win that for Billy Ricky after the, the week they've had yeah really really good win any, any win's good at any time but a win away from home after the, the week or 10 days that they've had is incredible I mean Jake Robinson was brilliant last week in his interview with Tom you know he admitted it had been a very very confusing week but the players did what the players should do really in such circumstances knuckle down look at themselves train hard prepare as well as they can for the game and uh, yeah that's a really good win not too many teams go to Hamill and win 2-0 do they so that will bring them right back into the title race Hampton and Richmond as well another good home win for them Western Supermare obviously struggling right at the foot of the table just the two points all season but the team that I wanted to highlight today they did only draw to be fair but they drew, drew at last season's runners-up, Dartford. Just, just what a start to the season for Eastbourne Borough. I think a couple of the boys predicted them to be in the bottom four. And their record after nine games, Luke played, uh, played nine, won four, drawn four, and lost just one. 16 points, and let's doff our caps to Eastbourne Borough. Yeah, I think I predicted him to go down. I think I predicted Western Supermare, Truro, and Eastbourne Borough as the other team. So I've got two out of three right. But yeah, Eastbourne, uh, again, they're doing, a, they're doing a really fine job. Uh, just going back to Hemel, actually, Rob, um, there, you say it's a, not an easy place to go and win, but I mean, they've only they've lost four out of the last five games. So they're not doing quite as well this season. I'm not quite sure what, gone, what has gone on down there, but Dean Brennan will be uh, scratching his head as to what the difference is last season to uh, this season to last season when they were pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I can't offer too much more on it because I haven't seen them. I did watch them play last season and I saw a really well-organised side beat uh, Chelmsford 3-1 on the day. But uh, no, not having a good run at all at the moment. Bath City, they, they've had a really good start to the season. They've kind of just... It was a bit of a nothing season for them last season. They've just come to the mid-table all the way through. But they made a good start and they're currently in the playoff positions. Yeah, nicely sat in seventh place at the moment. That's again game now they're expected to win today against uh, Hungerford who are one of the sides we, we, we thought might struggle and just looking at that bottom four in the National League South Luke probably not too many surprises there uh, Hungerford East Thurrock Truro and, but bottom of the table and just two points there Western Supermare in the whole of the season with a minus 12 goal difference and uh, you know they're going to have to have a comeback of epic proportions if they're going to uh, even pull themselves into a battle to avoid the relegation yeah, they're going to have to do a bit of a Whitehawk, aren't they? Start, but starting from earlier than when Whitehawk did. Absolutely. That's, do you know what? That's exactly the uh, analogy I was thinking of, Luke. So, well done. That's twice you've uh, dug me out already today. Well done, mate. <laughs> You're welcome. Good win for Choro, actually. They say they've had a difficult season, and Gloucester, who were predicted to have a difficult season, have picked up. Um, but Choro went up to Evesham, where Gloucester City do play the home games at the minute, and got a really good win, 2-0 on the road. You, uh, you'd have to work out do the maths on it. Was that a shorter trip? today for Truro than it would have been if they'd had a home game <laughs> uh, probably about yeah. <laughs> it's probably about the same actually to be fair to them but yeah having mentioned they're in the bottom four only appropriate to mention that they did go on their travels and win today at uh, Gloucester um, and uh, the roundup of, of that division wouldn't be complete if we didn't highlight um, a couple of other teams in and around the M25 area St Albans going to East Thurrock uh, a 4-2 win that sounds like a a bit of a, a thriller there and um, Slough Town going nicely aren't they Look, 2-0 win at home to uh, Oxford City on this occasion and uh, they're sat at 10th place just a point outside the playoffs and I think they would have uh, we'll have to ask Scotty Davis in the next couple of weeks we'll try and get him on but uh, 
I think they'd have taken that, wouldn't you? Tenth place and uh, 14 points from the first nine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I mentioned it to Tom after he'd been to down, down to Slough that they're a bit of a sleeping giant. It, 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 it's all in there. They got eight, they got 832 today. It's all there for them, ready to really push on again. Yeah, absolutely. This, you know, so much of this season still to unfold, isn't there? But. Uh, you know, it's fair to say we've had our fair share of shocks and surprises and uh, one or two of the league tables looking upside down to one or two of the clubs in the opening weeks. But we're sort of nine uh, and ten games in now. And it still feels like it's the beginning of the season, but, you know, we're not far off a quarter of the way through the season, are we? You know, in the uh, in the National League, 46-game season, and they're ten games in already now. We're officially allowed to look at the league tables this week, Luke. <laughs> yeah, get into them. You can, if you're a manager, you can, uh, you can face up and, and look at the table now. Do you know what happens now, Luke? They all shift. So they've all, in the first three, four, five games, all said, oh, we don't take any notice of league tables until we're sort of, at, you know, 10 games in. Well, if you go up to any manager now and say, look, 10 games are in, let's have a look at the league table. How do you think you're doing? They will say, it's too early to tell. Let's see how we're doing at Christmas. That's what they do. They shift. Trust me, listeners, you will hear it in an interview somewhere this weekend. So, moving on into the National League North. Hi, I'm Tim Flowers, Sully Moore's Football Club, and you're listening to the National League Podcast. And it was a Saturday full of goals in the National League North as Chester and Bradford shared eight goals between them. Chorley went rampant, went 5-0 at uh, lowly Ashton United. Uh, Kidderminster put three past by Spartans. Darlington uh, scored three against Telford United. I was at Edgeley Park where I watched the Pilgrims Boston United uh, beat Stockport County by two goals to nil quite a convincing win and after the game I spoke to Boston United manager Craig Elliott Okay, and here with me I've got Craig Elliott the victorious manager on the NL full time podcast Craig you dominated that first half County came at you in the second half but you uh, you were the better team in the end weren't you? I thought so I thought as an away team um, we did everything that were required um, we controlled the game first half we counter-attacked really well and created numerous chances that I was disappointed with that we didn't take and then second half we expected him to come on strong and uh, we were dogged in his defending um, and, and sort of delighted to win in the end yeah, and there was two different formations going up against each other. They were they played a four-three-three, slightly different formation. You you stuck with that four-four-two, yeah. and um, certainly the two front men uh, dominated, didn't they? I thought it was front four, yeah, um, sort of Nathan and, and Max on his debut. We had good width to us, especially in the first half, and we were finding Max uh, on regular occasions. Um, we just felt if we stretched the game, they'd sort of commit players forward, and obviously because there's expectation at home for them to sort of score goals. So, um, and it proved right. And I mean, especially in sort of the last 15 minutes as well, where we sort of we were left ourselves sort of in good positions to score even more goals. Now you you came in today's match after the back of three defeats. You brought in a couple of loan signings from from Grimsby, and that that seemed to help. Yeah, it, it just gave us a little bit of an edge and a threat that maybe we've not had. But um, like I kept saying, really, in then three games we were playing all right. Um, I think maybe other than the first half against Kidderminster, we were more than a match. And sometimes in this league, it's unforgiving, and you've just got to take the highs and the lows and just sort of come back fighting. Now I was going to ask you whether Akeem Rose was okay because he looked seriously injured when he came off after an hour but I've just heard otherwise it was cramp. 
Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, really. He's obviously 19 years old and getting cramp after 60 minutes, and then uh, bless Ben Davis, 37 year old, and sort of flying around like he is. So it's uh, it's funny, and it's, it's still, obviously he's getting a lot of stick in dressing room at the minute, but um, yeah, he, he hasn't had much um, adult football, so I think it showed. Yeah. Now, for the rest of the season, what are the plans? Are you looking to push into the playoffs? Is it too early to say? Challenge the challenge for the for the top position? It, it is very much cliche, but it's just taking it game by game because if you take your eye off the ball in this game, in this league, sorry, you can find yourself sort of losing three games like we have and uh, it's just such a competitive league I just think you just don't know where the results are coming from week after week and uh, you just have to take it week by week and just see where it takes you Greg, congratulations on the win and that was Craig Elliott just talking to me about how pleased he was with his team's performance especially in the first half and his uh, loan signings that he brought in from Grimsby Town as well who uh, provided uh, a much needed boost to it to a team that had lost three matches in the row before then looking at the other scores as I said before Ashton United nil Chorley 5 Chorley were 4-0 up after 46 minutes game over each goal scored by a different player as well and that means now that Chorley have only conceded three goals in their first nine games while scoring 20 uh, on the other side as well and uh, great start to the season there for Chorley Chester 5 Bradford Park Avenue 3 Bradford were on top form so for this this was a bit of a surprise really because whilst Chester haven't played many matches so far due to the problems that they've had at the ground they haven't been in great form in the matches that they had played so that's a really big win for them at home and uh, they're relatively new managers now who've been sat twiddling their thumbs on a lot of Saturdays uh, Anthony Johnson will be uh, will be very pleased and Bernard Morley uh, Dan Mooney on loan from Fleetwood scored a brace in that game uh, as did Anthony Dudley uh, ex-Salford player there other scores in the National League North Alfreton a surprise defeat at home against Geisley Alfreton were down to 10 men in that game for a little while Curzon uh, beat Altrincham 2-0 uh, they were away they were at Altrincham for that game two teams who were sort of lower mid-table Brackley 2 Hereford 0 Hereford ending the game with only 9 men one of the surprise results of the day Darlington 3 Telford 0 Telford in absolutely fantastic form and Darlington have been struggling uh, with their start to the season and they've turned Telford over Telford where uh, Stockport County where I am now will be going next Saturday uh, which will be a tough game Kidderminster 3 by the Spartans 1 Kidderminster start uh, continue their good start to the season Leamington who started like a house on fire went down at home 2-0 to Spennymore uh, SC United 1 Southport 1 two teams who have uh, had a bit of a struggle uh, with the start to the season FC 1-0 up at half time so they'll be disappointed that they didn't hold on in that game and the other fixture that was due to be played today Nuneaton v York City was actually called off because of international call-ups Nuneaton's uh, band of uh, players from the Caribbean meant that uh, it, they were unable to fulfil their fixture today with York and I think possibly for the next couple of games as well so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one uh, but all in all it was uh, a lot of goals in the National League North a few surprises as we've said and certainly some of the happier teams today will be um, Darlington with their win over Telford Boston will be delighted with their away win at Edgeley Park and Chester getting back to winning ways and getting back to playing at home with their 5-3 win over Bradford anyway Rob I'll, uh, I'll let you get off and enjoy your evening just to confirm Gateshead have won at Ebsley it keeps them in 8th position uh, but Rob thank you for joining us yeah pleasure as always Luke even more so when uh, 
<laughs> I finally get to talk about an order shot win, but uh, uh, enjoy it while it lasts. Have a good week, and we'll catch up soon. Definitely, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next weekend. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for to uh, Chris Pratt as well for sending in his thoughts. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at NLFullTime. You can email us nlfulltime at gmail.com. Until then, we'll see you all soon.